This episode of World Changing Ideas is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. I'm Talib Vizram, and this is World Changing Ideas from Fast Company Magazine. This week, we're taking a trip down memory lane. Hey, everybody. It's our very last episode of the season. And as a send-off, we're going to hear from someone who can give us advice on what to do about climate change from an individual point of view. But first, let's debrief on what we learned over the past few months. Ooh, where to start? There's so much to unpack. Oh, hey, Avery. Welcome back. Hey, Talib. How's it going? Great. So I thought I'd just pop by for a bit. Um, because we covered a lot this season, and I wanted to break that down a bit. Right. Some of it was pretty dense stuff. But when I think about some of the highlights, my favorite one was uh, when you publicly chastised me for eating meat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it wasn't chastising. <laughs> Just pointing out a few things or two. <laughs> no, no, I know. And and you're right. You also publicly chastised Andrew Zimmern. Something he didn't already know. But... Um, <laughs> It's true. It's true. Those bugs deserve to live. Um, But one of the things that did stick out to me during that episode was, you know, if we're going to eat meat and if we're going to eat dairy, then we might as well do it in a regenerative way, right? So we talked about this idea of regenerative farming and it's preserving the soil, preserving water, introducing livestock into um, farming methods. Um, So everything kind of works in harmony. And then in the second part of that episode, we, we actually did a, an in-person tour of Gotham Greens, an, an urban farm, where we got to see all these lovely lettuce leaves and, and basil leaves that are, that are being grown right here in, in New York City. Mm-hmm. Their pesto is amazing. Sorry, I had to make that plug. Yeah, you were skeptical at first. I know, because, well, I grew up having the best pesto in the world, but that is a close second, I will say. Everyone thinks their pesto is the besto. <laughs> Um, that's great though. Yeah, it was fun to actually get out in person. That was our only in-person interview, but it was nice. That's right. Uh, and, and we didn't get struck by COVID, but I got it later. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, what were some of your, um, highlights from the season? I mean, learning about all of this stuff, it was both informative and just kind of like awe-inspiring. I mean, you can't really be planting trillions of trees or creating renewable energy from hydrogen and then learning, you know, what that all means. But what really stuck out to me was when we had on um, Dr. Ting Shu. Her lab team came up with a new plastic that breaks down. And the way that she, <laughs> pun intended, the way that she broke it down for me was really helpful in that, you know, you can hear these terms about bioplastics being, you know, compostable and they break down, but in fact, they don't, they do in the lab and they do under very specific conditions. And the way that she set it up was that it's like Pac-Man, right? That little video game Mm -hmm. character that people might be familiar with. And the piece of plastic is like this noodle. And so Pac-Man might chomp through the middle of it, which then leaves these pieces on the side that aren't completely broken down. So her team's new bioplastic, it completely composts within weeks because what it does is it's that Pac-Man taking on that noodle from the beginning of the strand to the end. So it like completely chomps all the way through it. 
And as a visual learner, that made a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, It's great. And everywhere I look now, all I see is plastic. But it's nice to think that there are scientists out there, there are innovators out there really coming to the forefront and making plastic. Like it's it's something that we will always have, but at least they can develop something that is not going to be harmful. It's not going to be detrimental. Yeah, absolutely. That was definitely the the metaphor of the season. I, I definitely remember that very visual analogy too. <laughs> I know. What'd you call it at one point? Noodle gate? <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Who can blame Pac-Man chomping into a noodle? Yeah. What else sticks out to you? You know, one of the things that stuck out to me was we should also be a little bit skeptical because there are so many of these climate solutions out there. And kudos to all of them who are making an effort to do something about it. But we have a lot of these carbon offset programs, carbon credit programs. And and we talk about this idea of, of moral hazard, right? This idea of carbon offset sometimes being a get out of jail free card for corporations to emit as much carbon as they want and be able to still say, oh, look, we're offsetting our carbon, so it's fine. And that kind of kicks the can down the, down the lane and delays the time we take before we actually do something more substantial towards fighting climate change. Right. But, you know, as, as our guests NCX are, are doing, you know, it's, it's probably better as long as we're doing these tree planting programs, uh, offsetting programs, it's probably better to partner as they do with small landowners so that we're doing it in the best way possible and, and not just kind of planting willy-nilly for the sake of it. Right. No, I really liked that too, exploring the the ethics behind this, right? Especially because plastics are still being produced and clothing is still being manufactured and carbon is still being emitted. So is methane. Uh, despite all of these innovators like trying to curb that, I mean, there's carbon bombs going to happen. So it's worth exploring that aspect of this whole dilemma, <laughs> this whole uh, yeah. colossal whirlpool of angst. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that we might find ourselves in. I like that. That that one might now take metaphor of the season. There we go. Sorry, Pac-Man. Yeah, there were a lot of um, great highlights and, and awesome guests from this season. So if you missed any episodes, they're still on the feed. Please go back and, and check them out. Yeah, please do. And to see us out is Dr. Emily Fisher. She's a scientist and a mom, and she helped found an initiative called Science Moms. They aim to help mothers who are concerned about their children's planet but aren't confident in their knowledge about global warming. But the information they share is not only for mothers or even parents, it can also help anybody who feels a bit lost or hopeless in a sea of myths and disinformation about climate change. This episode of World Changing Ideas is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. Yeah, I think the aha moment for me, there have been a few of them, honestly. So when we founded Science Moms, the aha moment was, oh, moms are worried just like me. And as someone who works in an atmospheric science department, I live and breathe climate change every day. So of course, it's worrying for me, right? But to realize that other mothers like me are are also similarly worried, but don't have the vocabulary tools, confidence to speak out on the issue, that's the aha moment. And then there was another very large aha moment in the summer of 2020 when my children and I ran from what became Colorado's largest wildfire, the Cameron Peak Fire. 
And I sort of felt in that moment, I was like, well, here you are, you are going to need to communicate about this issue. And, and sort of coming back to the house after that, and I was supposed to be on vacation and having, you know, talking to the press and, you know, having my sort of personal and professional worlds collide in a way that they had never done before. That was another moment where I was like, right, I, I need to talk about this issue. I think it feels very vulnerable is the first thing. So, and perhaps I have more worry as a mother and a scientist. I work on fires and wildfires in the Western US. I work all the way from their links to environmental conditions. So um, how we anticipate climate change will change and is changing fires all the way to smoke chemistries and from there to how breathing smokes impacts people. So there's a huge spectrum of work there, right, which is linked to climate change. Because I'm so linked to the future as a mother, I think deeply about what the timelines mean. And I think the other thing that stands out for me is, is that we have to fix this, right? There's not a choice as a parent to not work on climate change. The basics of climate change are relatively straightforward, right? But there's been an enormous amount of doubt spreading and misinformation around this issue, right? And there's also kind of a confusion among other environmental issues with climate change. So those are issues that we face. And so Science Moms is aiming to sort of cut through that. So we have videos, we have resources, so myths and facts that are myths that are dispelled, facts that are sort of simplified and distilled. The videos are aimed to help people understand also that we have no time to waste, right? And so you need to come up to speed on this issue quickly. You don't need to understand every aspect of it, but you need to understand the basics. You know, it's largely caused by fossil fuel usage. The time is short to do something about it. It's happening now and we have solutions if we push forward. So the first one is swap polluting stuff for clean stuff. The second one is share facts, concerns, and solutions, and do that with your friends and with your family. And the third one is speak up and ask leaders what their plans are to stop big polluters. So let's talk about swap. This means you are looking at anywhere where you can swap clean stuff for polluting stuff. This means gas cars, gas stoves are being swapped for electric versions most places have at least one clean energy provider. That's a very large source of our carbon pollution in the U.S. And so that's a transition that needs to happen quickly. We're asking people to learn how to electrify their home. This is something I'm working on personally right now. It takes time. I have an old house, right? So this takes time. So start, start working on that and push for renewable energy in your community. You can swap your diet. You can choose to have an electric kettle versus use your gas stove. You can pull down your blinds and try to use less air conditioning and less heat. You can walk to work. You can take public transit. There's lots of little swaps mm -hmm. that can happen. And you can think about everything that you buy. Everything that you're buying can be a smaller greenhouse gas footprint. And you can just buy less. So there's lots of things, no matter where we are, uh, that we can do for swapping. So share. So one of the biggest issues on climate change is that we're not talking about it enough. To overcome this feeling of 
overwhelmedness and powerlessness, right? That comes with when you're working on something that's big and difficult, you need to talk about it, not bottle up the feelings. So we're asking people to talk to their friends and family about what they're doing to share the Science Moms content. That's why we made it. We made it so that it can be shared because we're trying to get this share piece going. It's okay to focus on one person at a time. I bring up climate change every time there's a hot day with wildfire smoke here. I bring it up with my neighbors. I say, gosh, this is what I'm doing to work on climate change. Um, and it's okay to start small on that front, but the sharing needs to happen. We need to move beyond this feeling of helplessness and we need to push forward. And then the third one is speak up. And that's really important because this is an us problem. It's a we problem. It's larger than an individual household. And I am very appreciative that your episode is about what we can do. But one of those things that we can do is to speak up. Even if I did everything I could in my power, right, we need to push collective action forward, given the timelines that we need to make changes in the amount of carbon pollution. So we're asking people to write to leaders, use the power of their vote, and ask anyone who's representing them how they're working on climate change. And so that can look differently for anyone, depending on where you live, your level of comfort, how you are integrated into your community. There's lots of different outlets there, but use whatever is use whatever's natural to you. We're all connected to our communities in different ways. I think the best thing to do is to model the joy in living intentionally. So I think that is the best thing that we can do. And I think that as younger generations understand both the severity of the problem, the link that we have to the planet, and that the planet can love us back if we love her, I think some of this, these cultural issues will improve. But when I think about transitioning, when I think about the big changes that need to happen to create a stable climate for my children, I am very excited about them. They also mean the air will be cleaner, right? The visibility will be better here in the Colorado Front Range. There will possibly be more time for the important things that we all want to take part in in our lives. And so I think it's a problem for folks to be too worried about these swaps. I would recommend that you just start trying them <laughs> and you'll realize that it's a, it's a lovely way to live. That's all for our show and our season today, but we'll catch you on the other side of the summer. In the meantime, let us know what you think is the next biggest world-changing idea. And remember, it's not all doom and gloom. World-Changing Ideas is produced by Avery Miles. Mixing and sound design by Nicholas Torres. Audio supervision by Joshua Christensen. Editorial oversight from Deputy Editor Kate Davis and Senior VP of Entertainment, Scott Meebus.